Today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks is sponsored by Locker Room, the live audio-only sports talk platform. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time by downloading the Locker Room app for free in the iOS App Store. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. Joining me today on the show is a very special guest, the former host of this very podcast, none other than 670 The Scores, Jay Zawoski. Jay, thanks for hopping on the show for a quick chat today. How you been lately, man? I've been great, Jack. I'm uh, good to talk to you, man. It's, uh, it's funny. It's watching the playoffs go on. It just makes me miss the Hawks even more. It's just not the same. It hurts. And going over the anniversary the other day of the, of the 2010 Cup, it's like, man, right now I should be really stressed out and sleep deprived. And I'm just not. And I, and I kind of wish I was. It's a weird feeling to have. I miss summer hockey so badly. I mean, I love playoff hockey. I love the intensity, but it's just different when it's your team and the nerves you're on edge for the entire game. I missed that. Hopefully we'll be able to get back into that soon. Soon um, enough. Yeah. But before we get into some Blackhawk stuff and whatnot, uh, you just got to ask you, man, what's been up with Jay Zawoski in the last year since uh, passing the torch over to myself? It actually has been a year and 10 days now. Uh, June God, 1st last year, yeah, was my first day taking over. So I'm sure the listeners, you know, who have stuck around, hopefully they continue to follow you on in your other podcasts and such. But uh, just for all them, what's been going on lately? Yeah, the Madhouse podcast has been going strong as it was uh, before I even started on Lockdown. So I know a lot of those people uh, came with me to Lockdown, which I appreciate. And I hope they've stuck with you. I know I've heard a lot of good stuff about your show from them that they enjoy it. So um, you're doing a great job with it, obviously. Thank you. Uh, the I'm Fat podcast has really taken off over the last year as well. We're approaching our 100th episode. That's been a lot of fun, just kind of uh, something different, something not sports, which is something I was really trying to do. Um, I think within the next four or five months, I'm going to launch something new, something totally different. So keep your eye out for that. It's in the infant stages, in the planning stages, but I'm, I'm probably going to have a third podcast coming out here uh, with just me, with some help from uh, different guests every week. But uh, just looking for something, looking to expand and just kind of challenge myself a little bit on this one. So we'll see what comes of it in the next few months, but I've got a couple of uh, ideas I'm excited about. Well, that sounds awesome, man. Uh, I also saw... It was probably about a month ago or so now. What went down with uh, BBC? I know you, you added it to your Twitter, <laughs> your Twitter bio. What, what went down with all of that? Yeah, so I was at a uh, actually my first family party since over a year with the pandemic and everything. And I just, you know, it was a Sunday. So I checked my Twitter just to make sure I'm not missing anything. And there's this producer from the BBC saying, hey, we'd like to talk to you about an interview. I'm like, okay, I have no idea what this is about. So can I ask what it's regarding? And she said, Wendy's is coming to the UK and we wanted to find out what is so great about Wendy's. I'm like, well, you have found the right guy. And I did a short, I think it was only five minutes or so short interview with them, but it was kind of funny, kind of a surreal thing where, you know, I'm talking to someone in, in England about Wendy's like, <laughs> what a dumb life I live. <laughs> I just saw that. And I was like, what is going on here? And how did this happen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just. I, you know, I'm a producer in my real life. And that's kind of what you have to do sometimes when you're looking for that different angle is get creative yeah. and find the right guest. And it worked out. So it was cool. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Getting into some Blackhawk stuff now. 
Uh, before we get into the Lucas Reichel signing, I want to ask just overall your, your thoughts on the 2021 season, because I believe the last time we talked was, I think, December, right before the season started. So just kind of curious. I know it's kind of a lot to take in, but as a whole, just what, what were your thoughts on the year? Looking back on it, I'm feeling more positive about it than maybe I was towards the end of the year. Look, they it's really easy for Hawks fans to get frustrated because we're so close to it and we watch it every day and we really want this team to win. Like we discussed before. And yeah, there's some things we're unhappy about. You know, I'm still not sold on Jeremy Cowden as a head coach. Um, You know, it remains to be seen what Stan Bowman can do with him being in full power. Um, But when you look at it on the whole, it was positive. You had a lot of young guys play. You had a lot of young guys prove they belonged. You had Alex DeBrinkett become a bona fide superstar player. Patrick Kane remained, uh, you know, a point per game player. He had an awesome season. Kirby Doc came back early. Maybe took a little step back from the playoffs. But when we think about it, Doc has really never had any sort of training camp to get ready. He's always been just thrown into the fire. It'd be nice to see him sort of ease his way into a season for the first time next year. Uh, Adam Boak was developed when he came back from COVID. So there's, there were a lot of positives at the same time. I find myself thinking, would this team, and I don't know the answer to this. It's just an honest sort of rhetorical question. I ask myself, would this team have been significantly better with a more experienced coach or a coach whose system I believe in more? I don't, the system. And I don't know. I don't know. That, that's it, the it, thing is when the Blackhawks, they have a lot of, as you just mentioned, a ton of youngsters who have a ton of upside. There were a lot of positives. But when you still kind of look at the numbers as the whole, I mean, they got outchanced and outshot every game, and they were amongst the worst in the NHL in that department. And that seems to be the story every year Colleton's been here so far. So yeah, I'm just a little bit concerned about, you know, it's been a couple of years now, and it's still not going good. That just has me a little bit concerned. I can't lie. Right. I still just don't know what he does well. And I hear all this like collaboration and communication, like that's great. How is it? What is the effect on the ice? What is the on ice effect of Jeremy Cowan's coaching and who are the players that have taken these big steps in development? And okay. I just said that Alex Dabrinkit has become a superstar player. Fine. I guess you have to give Cowan some credit for that, right? Some would say Dabrinkit was going to be that player regardless of who his coach was. You can't tell me if his coach was Joel, Joel Quenville or NHL coach X, that he would not have become that player. But if we're going to give Cowan and blame when guys don't work out, we have to give him credit when they do. Okay. But, you know, Adam Book was still only 20 years old, ups and downs, peaks and valleys, which will happen with the defenseman. Part of it is you've got so many young players that are all being counted on to provide what veterans should be providing, right? Like, ideally for a team that's a winning team you want to ease in a couple kids and give them sheltered minutes and sheltered zone starts and all these things and ease them into the role instead it was it was Kane it was Debrinkit and then it was a bunch of kids right and it was like go figure it out go develop (laughs) on your own and I don't mind that I'd like that they let the kids play I'd rather that than have a whole bunch of Brett Connolly's on the team right just filling up the spots that kids could be playing and filling almost as well. Right. And sure. will make mistakes, but that's fine. But when you look at it from, if I'm just looking at it from here is team X. Okay. Here's, here's their roster. Here's their, the ages. Here's the experience level. 
how would you expect this team to fare? I think what the Hawks did is probably better or what would be completely expected for a team in the situation they were in. Because look, you talked to me about them getting killed in possession all the time. The forwards, the I'm sorry, the veteran players they had, aside from David Camp, aren't really defenders. Patrick Kane plays in two zones, right? Yeah. The Brink had developed into a three-way, a three-zone player as the year went on. But Dylan Strom, not a strong defender, you know, and, and then the rest of the forwards are, are pretty much young guys. So you know defense was going to be a problem with the team. Um, even when you look at the defensive core, you've got Duncan Keith, you've got Connor Murphy, you had Calvin DeHaan, but lost him and Zadorov, but the rest are inexperienced kids getting a lot of minutes. So yeah, you're going to have those ugly nights where you're just getting killed in possessions. And that was, that was most nights win or lose the Hawks would be on the bad side of the possession battle, but now what, right now you've got, okay, you had your year where you play your kids. Seems like Jonathan Taze is coming back, all those sort of things. Next year now, Cowden has to show some improvement. This team has, I think next year, they need to be in the playoffs. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my conversation with Jay Zawoski will continue in just a moment. But first, I need to talk quickly about Locker Room, which is the live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and free to use. With Locker Room, you can start or join ongoing conversations. You can watch games together. I personally will be doing some episodes later on in the week, late at night. And you can also react to the biggest news, rumors, and trades with other people. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app for free in the iOS App Store, or you can get it now on Android. And then you just quickly create a profile and link your Twitter to join a group, and you'll be able to share your spiciest takes with the rest of the world. So be sure to check out Locker Room for free to be a part of the best audio-only social media platform for sports fans. I also need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like peanut butter, double chocolate, and salted caramel. And now they also have six new flavors, which are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, which is absolutely incredible. And they also have Carrot Cake and Apple Almond Crisp. All of which, like the other 12 flavors, are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they are also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED. 15 capital L in locked then the number 15 to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out builtbar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use our promo code locked15 to get 15% off your next built bar order. Like I I don't I don't think there's any more excuses for it. You know, you've got all these, these kids have played now. You got a veteran leader coming back. Doc should be healthy. Neilander will be back. You really don't have an excuse to miss the playoffs next year. I, I hope it could be. I'm interested to see what's going to happen because the divisions are obviously going to change back. So that's going to be interesting. But with the young kids, man, 
I, I feel like Colleton, I, I agree with the statement that Colleton has to show something next year because what is this going to be year four now? Or he's had the two, yeah, four and a half, and or, half yeah, or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yep. I mean, or three and a, it'll be three and a half next year. I just feel like we get dominated entirely too much and we spend so much time in our own zone. And I know maybe some of that has to do with the kids, but even times, I mean, Calvin DeHaan has struggled a little bit since coming back. And also he hasn't been able to be healthy. Nikita Zadorov didn't seem to fit well into the system right away. I'm not sure how much of that was just, you know, coming in in his first year and having to get used to it mm. and whatnot. Um, but this Blackhawks team, they do need to show some life next year. And one thing that stands out to me about that is they have, I think this is going to be a busier off season than a lot of people expect because there are just so many guys. There are so many forwards. Like, what is going to happen here? And getting into the Lucas Reichel stuff, um, I know the Blackhawks are going to give him every opportunity to play or to try and make the team out of training camp, probably. But I just don't know where is he going to fit in this lineup looking at it right now. And that's what makes me think it's going to be busier this summer than a lot of people have talked about so far. Because just even looking down the middle, you said potentially with Taze coming back, you know, he's going to slot back in as that top line center. Theoretically, Kirby Doc was drafted to be the number two right behind him. So you probably slot him in there. Uh, Pia Suter showed some flashes at center this year with Patrick Kane at the top line. Philip Kurashev's majority uh, played center for the majority of his career. Not sure if he's going to play there, but um, he has at times. Dylan Strom remains a question mark. David Camp uh, needs a new deal. Um, and then there's also Henrik Borgstrom, who just signed on with the Blackhawks, too. So. I didn't even mention, you know, Adam Gaudet, Vinny Henestrosa. What is yeah. like, what's, there, I feel like it's going to be a crazier offseason than people think. Yeah. I think there's going to be some movement just because there has to be, right? right. Like it, it, there are only so many spots available for these players, unless you're convinced, unless you really want Rockford to be great and have a bunch of guys down there, pieces are going to have to move here. And they've talked about acquiring I don't know if they've used the term number one defenseman. They they need to they know they need help. Yes. They need to make a trade and get a veteran proven player forward defense. I don't care. It just can't be all kids. And like I said, it's time for this team to start talking playoffs again because if ne if it's not next year, it has to be the year after. It has, it has to. to well, be. yeah, but even then, your Duncan Keith is then thirty nine. Yeah, Jonathan Taves is a year older. Kane's a year older. Like, there's no point in having those guys here if you're not going to try to start to win again with them, at least in the, you know, you can see the prime in the rear view mirror, right? Like you can at least say, okay, maybe they're on the tail ends of their primes. Keith is a little beyond that, but Taves Kane, if Taves comes back and is the same guy he was last season or two seasons ago, I guess you'd say, then you feel good about that. Okay, but, but what's the point of having them? If you're not going to try to compete next year, cannot be another year like this year where you just play young guys and see what happens and hope for the best. And we gave it a good effort and we just fell short because we're not as talented through <laughs> that. That's over. Right. That's what this year was about, right? I'm not saying it was a benefit, but Taves is out. Doc is out. That gave you the opportunity to play all these young players you want to play. You got a good look at a lot of them. Same on defense. Now it's time for Stan Bowman, talent evaluator, to say these guys are potential pieces down the road. These guys are not. And, you know, you're not going to dump everybody you think isn't going to be a long-term NHL player, but you've got to move some of these pieces to bring it. And look, you're not going to trade three pieces of crap for a stud. 
It doesn't work that way. Yeah. But if you're trying to, you know, it might, you might have to trade a guy you don't want to trade. You might have to trade a guy you like to get better. And that's the hard part. When I look, when I talk about this, the name that keeps coming up to me is Dylan Strom, who at this point, and I like Dylan Strom. I might be his last fan in Chicago. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's a good player. I th- he's 20, what, 24 years old. He's got a bunch of years behind him. He's shown that he can, has chemistry with the Brinkett as an asset in a power play, all those sort of things. But like you said, Haves, Doc, you know, Suter, Kurashev, uh, Reichel played center. Who knows if Borgstrom. that's his plan at the NHL? Borgstrom's a center, or could be anyway. He's just sort of a luxury the Hawks can't afford. And if you're looking for a piece with value that's relatively low cost, that other teams might be looking at as like, hey, this could be a guy we take a flyer on, plug him in as our number two center, and away we go. Like, think about when the Hawks were looking for center depth during the cup runs. Right. Dylan Strom would have been a great piece there, right? Like they brought in Michael Hanzus and Antoine Vermette and all those things, and they worked out, obviously. Those were but a guy like Dylan Strom, yeah, a, a guy who's that young coming in and being put in a specific role, power play, second line center, third line center, whatever. Um, that's really valuable to a contender, probably more valuable to a team like that that's ready to win than he is to the Blackhawks, just sort of floating from center to wing. Eh, third line, second line, we'll see what happens. I think at this point, with the center depth the Hawks have, and a lot of it unproven, that's a given. But look, I'm not sold the Hawks believe that Dylan Strom is a full-time center either based on what Jeremy Cowan's been doing with him. So that's going to be a guy to keep an eye on this offseason. I could definitely see him uh, getting moved, getting traded. Uh, I don't think they're going to expose him for the uh, expansion draft. I don't, well, I don't yeah, know. Why lose should. him for free? Like, right. Lose him for something. And if you, right. and if, and look, if you can't move him in the off season or you don't like what's being offered, you hang on to him, you keep him around. And then at the day, deadline, maybe you move him for a need, but I don't know. I think your, your point is correct though. I think there's going to be a lot going on this off season. It's going to be a busy off season. And I do think the Hawks are going to add at least one significant player uh, via trader free agency. Now, Free agency is tough to really predict because we right. don't know the financial situation. We don't know who's going in the expansion draft. We don't truly know yet what's going on with Taves. But uh, I do think they're going to add a major player one way or another. All right, my conversation with Jay Zawoski will continue in just a minute. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And be sure to use our promo code Locked on, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Major League Baseball is back. The NBA and NHL playoffs are getting started. UFC is in full swing all year round. And you can get all the latest news, odds, and info with Bet Online. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today. And be sure to use our exclusive promo code LOCKEDON, that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Seth Jones, 
Any thoughts oh, on that? Awesome. I mean, that would be ideal. I just think it's going to take so much to get him. Every You'd obviously have to want bidding. to sign on. We'll yeah, and one year rental. You know, we we he'd have to be a uh, sign and trade. Yeah. No way we yes. give up assets for just one year of Seth Jones. And here's the thing, Columbus. What? Like, what do they want? Like, do they want prospects? Do they want proven players? I, like, I don't know. Like, you'd have to trade a pretty decent salary to make that happen. Right. But I think if Columbus is moving on from Seth Jones, they're probably looking at going young. They already traded Nick Foligno. Bobrovsky, they let walk. Panarin, they let walk. They're clearly not interested in contending or going for it. So they're going to want young players, but the Hawks need to move a salary to make that work. So it's it's complicated. And and look, you three deal three team deals get done all the time. They Dan Bowman always seems to find a way to make the salary work where and when he has to. So I don't know. I think Seth Jones would be. I think the Hawks should be doing everything they can to see what it would take to get it done and how they can get it done. I just think it's kind of unrealistic based on what the Hawks have to give versus what Columbus wants versus money available, all those sort of things considered. Right. It just seems like, I mean, they definitely have to kick the tires. You a hundred percent have to, you have to make that call. I mean, a number one defenseman I think is our biggest need going forward because even though Connor Murphy's kind of taken that next step, I still feel like, He's, he's not a one. He's not a one. He's he's a two or a really good three. He's he's an elite three. He's Nicholas Jalmerson. Yeah. He's an elite. He's an elite three. Really good two. We need and I mean it's still too early to say with Boquist and even Mitchell, you know, and some of the other guys in that group too. But I mean, there is a little bit concern that none of those guys are going to be like legit a superstar like they were hoping. Like I mean, Boquist is so young; he's only twenty, and he did make strides last season. But I feel like. I just, I just need never, to see more out of him. He needs to be more aggressive. I feel like, like we know yeah. the offensive skill sets there, but I, I don't I see ne- it enough. I never see him as a shutdown defender either. No, no. Like even if he maxes maxes out, he's a stud offensive defenseman who scores a ton of points. But he's not a guy I'm going to want out there with a one goal lead with a minute left. Right. Like, where is that guy coming from? Exactly. And a lot of people have talked about Dougie Hamilton as a free agent target. And I like Dougie Hamilton, but and it's he's gonna break not, the bank. And he's a little it's gonna old. break the bank, and he's not an ace defender either. He's good, he's Office. solid. And if he if they acquire him, he's their number one, no doubt about it. But that's a lot like the Brian Campbell thing for me. Is you're gonna pay a premium to get this guy who everybody likes, but you don't want to overpay a guy to be something he's not. I mean, you gotta and, think in the playoffs too. Come come crunch time, you're gonna want your dogs on the ice, not Brian Brian Campbell, offensive defenseman never known for really his defensive capabilities. And we don't have any of that. Just as you if, said, if they could somehow get Seth Jones, it would be unbelievable. I just, I'm trying to draw myself a map to that. And like, I don't know, like maybe you even consider, consider trading Patrick Kane, but Columbus doesn't want Patrick Kane. No, right. Need, like it's just use. not, they need young guys and you're not going to trade Alex to bring it for him. No. And do you trade Adam Boquist for him? I would, I would rather trade. I would Mitchell. think about it. I'd rather trade Mitchell if they would, but I mean, if it costs Adam Boquist to get Seth Jones, I mean, you know, you kind of got to bite that bullet. I mean, here I'll say this: there's one guy on the team. I'm, I'll say two. Doc and DeBrinket to me are basically untouchable, unless someone's coming to you with, like, you know, a um, uh, 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 Connor McDavid type, right? Of Jack course, Eichel. Of, of course, no one is untouchable completely, right? Right, but. Doc and Debrinkit, 
if I'm talking about Seth Jones, those two are off the table. Talk to me about anybody else. And I'm listening and a combo of the two, right? Like, I don't know. Would you rather have Seth Jones or would you rather have Mitchell and Boquist? Probably. I mean, you know what you're getting in Seth Jones. Right. It's tough. That's the gamble of being a GM. That's the gamble of being a GM. Right. But maybe you can, I mean, look, mate, like, let's just play imagination game, which <laughs> isn't going to happen, but let's just play for fun. Boquist and Hagel for Seth Jones. I think that's, you, that's I think a tough they'd even pill to more. swallow. I think they'd even need more. They would probably need more. And probably I think you're first. throwing picks in there too. Probably a first. Well, I'm. Might have I'm to do it. it. I'm doing I'd it. I'd have to do it too. We need like, that. You need that number one defenseman to be an elite contender. And that's what we're trying to be. That's the whole point of this rebuild. If you don't you have the number one defenseman, you can't fulfill that goal. And you can't fall in love with your prospects. As I just said, Kirby Doc is basically untouchable. But I, <laughs> just from what I see from that kid, it's like, yeah. you know, you got to keep that, that locked up. But um, I'm listening to everybody if Seth Jones is the other name. Because I think that kid uh, should be more respected than he is. I think the fact that he plays in Columbus and relative obscurity has hurt him in Nashville before that. Um, I think coming to a place like Chicago or New York or Boston or Washington, whatever, will really elevate his status in the league. They were talking about him as a Norris candidate before this year, but it's just, he just doesn't get the exposure that these other players get. And I did see uh, he kind of struggled this year, but it was also Columbus, which was just an absolute. Sure. They weren't a great team, but the fact that the conversation around him is about the Norris, you know, I, I think putting him in a better market would, would really elevate that. And maybe he knows that too. Yeah, maybe Seth Jones knows he needs to be somewhere with a higher profile if he wants to maximize, you know, personal accolades or money or whatever it's going to be. Um, the kid's a stud, and I would do almost anything to get him on the Blackhawks. Almost. I'm in. I'm in that same boat with you, Jay. But I'm definitely excited for this uh, this busy offseason that we think is going to happen for the Blackhawks. I know you got to run in a couple minutes. So last thing before I let you go. Uh, We've been talking about the Stanley Cup playoffs a little bit, but not these 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs. In my opinion, they've been nothing short of fantastic so far. I don't know if you've been watching a lot, but uh, yeah. just wanted to know who'd you like coming into the playoffs and uh, who are you liking now that we're down to uh, only five teams, three of the final four have been punched. Well, before the season, I picked Colorado as my cup champion. They're still alive. Uh, them and Vegas are just having a great series. Uh, for me, though, the story of the playoffs has been the Islanders and Montreal just kind of surprising everybody. It's been, and you know, they're both good teams. I think especially the Islanders are probably better than they got credit for Definitely. heading into the playoffs, but um, to see them go as far as they've gone to see that the Islanders get rid of the Bruins last night was really cool. Uh, so th- I-, I like when different teams get a chance to make an impact. And I know people, when the Hawks were winning, were tired of the Hawks. <laughs> I wasn't, but I know other Never people Never got were, tired of it. Right? But people are tired of the Hawks and the Kings and the Penguins. And like, it's the same teams year after year. So anytime you can get these new teams in here making a run, it's a good thing. So, look, I don't think Montreal's got much of a chance next round, whoever they end up facing. Um, but I, I'm really curious to see how this Colorado-Vegas series goes. Oh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. And whoever plays Tampa, because uh, it's going to be Tampa. In the final, it's going to be pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really excited to see how this whole thing shakes out. But it's been awesome, and I hope people have been watching because it's been really good, really fun hockey, and you know, fans getting back into the arenas. It's awesome. Yeah, it, it really it showed you what we were missing during the regular season and last playoffs. Uh, it's been really great. So I, I'm really 
I don't know if I really have a dog in the race. Uh, James Naveau and I from the Madhouse podcast adopted the Hurricanes as our playoff team, and then they just got bounced by Tampa because Tampa's so damn good. Oh, my God. Um, so for now, we're just kind of letting – I'm just going to go – I hope my prediction wins, so I look smart, and that would be Colorado. So I'll go with that, I suppose. Coming into the year, I had the Vegas Golden Knights, so I'm, I'm going to be watching full, full force with uh, that game six tonight. That's going to be an awesome one. The Islanders have been incredible, though, especially they don't have Anders Lee and they're right. getting the job done. That's incredible. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to get over uh, that tough task of Tampa Bay coming up. They just look incredible right now. Every time Tampa goes on the power play, it's like, how, how are you going to stop them? I mean, there's just superstars everywhere. Well, not, not just that, like James and I were talking about it, too. They're, they're so solid defensively. And then once you get past their defense for the <laughs> rare scoring chance you're going to get, oh, yeah, it's Andre Vasilevsky <laughs> in that. So good luck there. It's just it's so frustrating. It's gotta be frustrating to play against them. A hundred percent. You know, that's what the Hawks were. And we lose sight of that, you know, cause it's, it feels forever ago, but it wasn't. And, you know, Keith Seabrook, Jalmerson, Oduya, Campbell, you know, you know, Nicoletti, when you go back, like it was on and on and on of solid defense. And then, Oh yeah, there's Corey Crawford. Right. So it's, you know, it was just, we know what it feels like to be on that side of things. And it's a good feeling when you're a fan of that team. But I think a lot of those teams, the Hawks knocked out, they had to feel the same way the teams that are facing Tampa do right now. Uh, exactly. I just have a hard time seeing anyone beating Tampa Bay right now. I mean, they just smoked the Hurricanes, who had an incredible season. I mean, I think it could be Tampa-Vegas in the final. If Vegas is able to close this one out, I mean, Colorado's not done yet. But uh, the, the Lightning, I mean, and especially because this, this group of Lightning players, they've actually played together for a long time now. Like, I feel like a lot of people felt like this was a long time coming for the Lightning, especially now that uh, Steven Stamkos is finally getting back healthy. They got Nikita Kucherov back. Th this kind of run, I, I saw like Tampa Bay's dominance kind of coming just because they're so deep and they've had the same group. And it always felt like, how can they not get it done in the playoffs? And here they are, you know, looking as good as ever. Yeah. I mean, like guys that a lot of people haven't heard about, like Braden Point is just a stud player who's, you know, you ask a hundred people on the street who Braden point is maybe two or three people tell you one of the best players in the game. Like they're just, yeah. it just good. And like I just said with the Hawks, it goes on and on, even with their forwards go up and down the lines. Like, damn, like these guys are stacked. They got three, you know, they've got a top line and, and three second lines. I know, That's hard I, to compete with. I miss those days. I miss summer hockey, Jay. <laughs> me too. Hopefully, hopefully soon. All right, man, I'm gonna let you go. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today, dude. And, uh, Again, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. It was an incredible first year doing the show, and uh, I'm definitely excited where it's going in the future. Awesome, man. I'm, I'm happy for your success, and uh, thanks to everybody for sticking with Jack and keep supporting him, and check out the Madhouse podcast and the Ampet podcast as well. I'd appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you again, Jay. All right. Take care, man. Good to see you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Thursday, June 10th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show and be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Lockdown Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Lockdown Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes by following Lockdown Today wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at Talk and Hockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. 
For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to Lockdown Blackhawks Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.